When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Bij Burger King gebeuren spannende dingen. Wat dacht je van een classic cheeseburger, chicken nuggets burger of sundae voor maar 1 euro per stuk? En dat is nog niet alles. Alle King deals zijn maar 1 euro. Haal ze nu alleen bij Burger King. Hello everyone and welcome to the latest edition of the Royal Blue podcast. Uh, myself, Phil Kirkbride, no Greg O'Keefe this week, but I am joined by Gav Buckland who... Averages an 11-minute hat-trick of stats every game. <laughs> and uh, Tony Scott, who's never had a six-month drought with the bookies. <laughs> uh, discuss all things. We'll, discuss, we'll look back, obviously, at, at the, the 3-0 win at Sunderland and, and Lukaku's lightning hat-trick. Uh, we'll talk about Middlesbrough. We'll discuss the start that Everton have made under Ronald Koeman. But to kick it all off, and I think this is probably a major talking point especially um, on the back of Ronald Koeman's press conference earlier today I'm going to ask the question lads and Ross Barkley was brought off at half time on Monday night if you were the manager of Everton would you start him on Saturday? That's a good question um, yes because uh, that was the start in 11 on uh, Monday and we won uh, maybe hitting them below the uh, belt if to uh, use boxing parlance to, to drop them for, for Saturday. That's my opinion. Whether that's Ronald's opinion is, is a different kettle of fish. He may be influenced by our second half performance on on Monday. Uh, and also the fact that uh, last year, David Fayou plays really well against Middlesbrough, didn't he, up there? Yeah. Um, so, what me and Ronald think may be slightly different here, but I, 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 would, I would keep Ross in the team. Because I think it would uh, sort of lower his confidence even further. Yeah, so I'm in agreement with Gav. What do you think? Do you think we the manager needs to show more, you know, faith? I guess it is a show of faith in Ross by saying, "Look, you had a difficult 45 minutes. Look, we know that he's had a discussion with Ross. He told him it wasn't good enough, but you know, he's made him aware of the discussion. Do you think he needs to look you back in the team? Don't worry about it. Put it behind you. No, I I think he needs dropping. He needs he needs no no one's got a shirt. In this team, for me, I think um, Ross Barkley doesn't warrant a start the way he started the season. So why send the wrong message out that he's fit for purpose to start? He, this season, he's been on the periphery of games and I can see in other players where they've improved. For me, Ross has stagnated on, on the first couple of games. But he, the way he played against um, Sunderland on Monday night was frightening. And I was absolutely thrilled with Ronald Koeman, the way he took it about himself to basically just drag him off at half-time. He needed it. It doesn't matter if you're Romelu Lukaku or Ross Barkley. If you're not pulling your weight in this team, you're getting dragged off. And it sends the right message out, whether regardless of Ross Barkley's fans like it or not. It does. And Ross Barkley doesn't warrant a starting position in this team at the moment. And he needs... I think he's had as his ego massaged over the last two years with Roberto Martins regardless to if he's played well or not. The manager has stuck up for him and played him. If he's played well or not, this manager won't have that. He'll if he'll say, "Listen, you're not good enough for me." The, the quotes were frightening, and they were they were truthfully and they were blunt and they were honest and they were refreshing to see. 
as regards to I'm concerned, but for me, no, um, Ross Barkley doesn't want him to start. I'll read you some of those quotes from today's press conference in case you haven't seen them. Uh, Ronald said, we showed him the clips and there's no escape. There's a reason to change Ross at half-time because he did not play well and lost many balls. Players of that quality can't lose that many balls. Gav, Tony says he's had his ego massage. You say it would dent his confidence. Explain why you differ with Tony on this one. Because <laughs> uh, I like differing with Tony. <laughs> he <laughs> just does this on fair, is I just think Ross is a, a confidence player. You know, I think... Sometimes you can look a little bit lost, and I, and I just think I would just keep him in to Saturday to see if he's learned. Did mm. I say learned lessons? Which yeah. is but sends the wrong message out that though, doesn't it? Gav? That you can play as bad as that, but get your shirt the next week. That 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 for me is I not think, good enough. Yeah, I know what you're saying. I would argue, being devil's advocate on that, yeah. I know what you're saying, but I would say that the Everton team, the majority, are grown up enough to realise that Ross. He's a vital player to them when he's, you know, when he's playing well. So I think they would understand totally if the manager kept mm. face with him. I don't think you'd have you'd have mutiny on your hands. Yeah, De La Feu might be a bit peed off because he'd go, well, I came on and made an impact. And a, a massive. I think the difference was when De La Feu come on, it was a different dimension to what Everton were doing. They were stretching the game. De La Feu wearing Barkley like for like. What it did, it stretched the game out. So Balassi was on one wing, De La Feu on the other. Morales was playing behind Rom, and Rom just got this all. These kinds of space because mm. the game was so stretched, and Delafeu yeah. went beyond I, Lukaku. Yeah. I definitely, I definitely think that's food for thought. Um, although, again, looking back at it, it that starting eleven should have been able to do that. I think Morales was lucky not to have been. Yeah, I actually think I think he needs a rocket. Uh, but he did, he did improve in the second he half did because, because of that. he went and played the ten, didn't he? Yeah. it just suited him a little bit better. But I think. He was guilty of not testing Mankiel yeah. enough in the first half. Yeah. Um, so I could have foreseen, you could see a, a situation where the manager kept it at half time, kept the 11, but told, as well as having a go at Ross, said to Kevin Morales, Look, yeah. you need to be getting to the byline, you haven't got any chalk on your boots. And we could have still had that situation, but look, obviously. Don't, don't you think, Phil, you, you've spoke to Ross before in the past. How do you think he's feeling? Right now, because of this, because this is the first time that this has happened that a manager's being brutal and honest with him. And said, "Listen, drag it off. You're making far too many mistakes for my life." And how do you think he's feeling? Because this is the first time it's happened to him in his career. In public, yes, yes. in public, in public, yeah. 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 Um, I, Ross always struck me as as, um, as a lad who's got his eyes open and a very honest lad with himself. And the last time I spoke to him was after the Yeovil game when he captained the club. Yeah. And and, the, and what struck me was his maturity and what he was saying. And he was saying, "I can no longer be talked about as having potential. Mm. I've got to deliver." So, going on that, I would say the decision by Ronald to take him off at half-time and the subsequent meeting that they've had this week wouldn't have shocked Ross. I think he would have been prepared for it. He knows now. And I think maybe, as you say, maybe it is a, a lesson and maybe it's a Ross now knows, well, I have literally got to deliver. I can't just say it. I've yeah. got to. And, you know, I, I, think he, I think he'll start on Saturday. I think he should start. But it'd be interesting if he doesn't. Do you think that's been an eye opener for him, Gav, with the manager sat through him with the video and on earth seen his mistakes and gone right the way through with him to show him where he's gone wrong? Yeah, you'd hope that he knew that anyway. I mean, some of the first, some of the ones in the first half, I think he had the shock and I think he had the ball away three times mm-hmm. outside that area in 15 seconds, didn't he? I think there's a more fundamental question here, though, isn't it? Which is something we've touched on last year is, is where is Ross going as a player? 
you know, is he going to fulfil his potential? Have you overestimated his ability? You know, has he got like that old chestnut from last season? Has he got a footballing brain? And I think that to me is the key to this, isn't it? Really, is and what Ross was saying, you know, fairly quoted there about you know he's twenty two and mm. he's, he's he's an adult now and stuff. It is is his ability to shoulder. Isn't it? That's mm. the key thing in the future. There's a short-term thing here what we're talking about, but there's a longer-term thing is how will Ross develop over the next two or three years? Now he's entering the sort of peakish years of his career, the 24 to 29 age or 23. And I think that's a more harder question for me to, to answer because let's let's face it, do you think he's developed over the last eight since... 2013 14. Do you think he's a better player than what he was then? No, I think, he, I think he stayed the same. I would argue, on the, on the whole, and I'm not saying he's anywhere near the finished article in this respect, I think his decision making has improved. I, think, I still yeah. think he's got a lot, to, a lot of way to go with it, but I think if you look at his 2013 14 decision making to now, I think it's much better. Yeah, and I think Arrigo Saki, you know, he was. Uh, great AC Milan manager wasn't he? he was director of football at Real Madrid and he said about that that he was looking at the players coming through Real Madrid and like they all had great skill great technique mm-hmm. and stuff like this and they were you know will to win and all that he said but they, what they didn't have was like what he called like knowing how to play football which him was like two or three things one was decision making one was your positioning on the pitch and the third, the third thing was like understanding your role within the team and he said like none of them had that because mm, it's yeah. something that you can't teach yeah. or coach. You can to a degree, but it's, you, you've got that. Got, you've got, you've got, got it. Haven't, yeah. And th- that's the challenge to Ross. We know he's technically gifted. He's got loads of skill and can produce moments of brilliance. It's it's that other bit that Saki said he needed to be to be to be a great player, and that's what he needs to show, doesn't he? Mm. And I think that's part of his crisis of confidence at the moment is that that natural instinct to sort of get him out of it. Uh, and I don't know what you think, Phil. Whether yeah. that, you, how that will go next. I, I think, I think the word that you use, there, the phrase, is natural instinct. Yeah. And I don't think he's fully playing with it yet. I, I still feel there's a hangover from from the previous manager in his in his thinking. In his when he has the ball, we spoke about it, Tony, before mm. before we started recording. I think, forgive me if I'm wrong, but I think if you look at Kevin Ratcliffe's column today in the Echo and tomorrow in tomorrow's paper, he, he references that he feels that Ross still slows up the game a bit too much for Everton now in this new way of playing where we're all guns blazing, you know, quick fire, rapid football. And I don't I think his natural game is to play how Ronald wants to play. Quick, pacey, mm-hmm. going forward, attacking players. But I think he's still got a little bit of a hangover from the previous manager who was about methodical, you know, wait for the overlaps, let's, you know, let's build attacks, let's look, you know, let's not Try, but really methodically, carefully build an attack. I still think he's second guessing himself. I think what I've noticed in regards to, and I mentioned it earlier, but you feel Barkley. I'm not saying he's not fit. Obviously, he's fit to be a Premier League footballer. He's fit, but he just doesn't seem that match fit where he can go on for 90 minutes, minutes and kill a game. He just doesn't seem like I've seen pictures of Leighton Baines this season compared to last season. And he looks as if he's lost all kinds of weight in his face. You can see he's had a really good pre-season. Whereas Sir Ross, I don't see any difference compared to last season is in his physicality and his play. Yeah. See, I wouldn't... like If someone was to say to me, where do you see Ross in two years? Now, I think it's a flip of a coin where you could say he could be a Premier League footballer or he could be a Championship footballer. 
I, I wouldn't like to predict it. But surely he's been doing exactly the same amount of training as everybody else. This season, yeah. yeah. I agree, but he just doesn't he doesn't come across when you look at him on the field, he doesn't he hasn't changed for me. Yeah, there's a couple of things there, isn't it? Like Ross was in Euros, wasn't he? Yes. Late yeah. And also their ages is different, aren't they? And their the body shape's different, Leighton's a bit smaller, isn't he? He's older. Um Ross is still twenty and that's that age, you still Developing physically, aren't but you? But I look at Telefeu. I think Telefeu's fitness has improved as yeah. over the preseason. I think his fitness could only go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Fair, yeah, yeah. I, I just think that's the key to me. Going back to my point, that's the key with Ross. And, and the reason I mentioned Saki there is he was taught, and I don't want to draw this comparison, but I will do. He was talking about Stephen Gerrard in mm. particular, and he said that he didn't think Gerrard was a great player because of that latter stuff of knowing how to play the game. And he mentioned that Phil Ross is like slowing down the game, and and and. Gerard was the same. He was far better when he relied on his instinct. Yes. He says when he played off Torres, where it's actually he didn't have to think about the game a lot. He was just reacting to certain situations mm. yeah. quickly. And I think is that what you're saying? Yeah. Is that where you think maybe his best position is on the pitch? Maybe just where instinct takes yeah, over. Yeah. The ball, you know, he shoots when he fit. He's just naturally, you know, he's not overthinking. He's not. It's not. It doesn't become a. A science project for him football. It becomes what he's born to do, yeah. And that is play football. So we don't give him time to make a decision. He just makes it. Just a way, like yeah, yeah. natural instinct. Does yeah. he? Does he? You know? Does he? Looking back in that first season, or even the second season and stuff, does he think about that run at St James's Park? Does he think? Right, I'm going to now methodically yeah, slalom yeah. my way. Yeah. No. Yeah. Does he think about the goal against City think, at home? Yeah. Does he think about? The Norwich goal. Do you yeah. think you know last season? Do you think about hitting that one against Watford to get yeah. us back in the game? Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean. See, it's a natural instinct that happens at the time. I totally yeah. agree with you. But Barkley went off, Phil. Yeah. Delafeu come on. Mm. What a second half performance that was. It was unreal, wasn't it? No, as we said, and I think we'd all all have seen it because we didn't need our coaching manual to see it. We didn't play with enough width. Balassi was excellent in the first half, but it was all lopsided. You bring another winger on, you stretch Sunderland and. They couldn't lay a glove on us, couldn't they? And it was interesting what Dale Fayou said, actually. He said, that's the way Everton should play, which was quite interesting. Um, and I think I think we'd all agree. I think that I think he's right. I think that's the way they should play now. That's the way Koeman clearly wants us to attack. Width, crosses, pace, power. No messing about. Like his decision-making, let's not wait, let's get it done. I see it as in the perfect blend. I don't want to go back to the previous manager that we have, but the perfect blend of a... David Moyes' defence yep. and the very first season Roberto Martinez as us attacking-wise. I see that Everton team right now is that Koeman's come in and he's went, this, this is me back four, as solid as anything, I'm not conceding. You guys in front, go and do what you want because they've got it. It's, it's brilliant to watch. Monday night was fantastic. It was the second half. I mean, yeah. I'd like to talk about Balassi in particular because I know uh, you said, Phil, when... You sound said describing in one way to me and Tony. And for once we agreed, we yeah. once inconsistent yeah. or words to that effect. But, and I know on highlights real sometimes you can sort of give the wrong impression, but there's been the odd moment, but actually it's been quite, I wouldn't say orthodox is the mm. phrase, but I've not seen focus. That was just daft, that or stupid. And, yeah. and for somebody, somebody, players who are unpredictable who play wide tend to be reflected in their delivery doesn't it one will go to the corner flag one, yeah, one yeah. will go to be blocked in their post he might get one out of three in, in the right area but his crossing with both feet by the way by is, the way, is, yeah. is, is yeah. exceptional yeah. including the, the left footed one for Rom but he, he, on, on, on one day and he put a good, good couple of balls in the first half that actually nobody anticipated did, yeah, you know? so I've been really impressed from what I've seen with him 
purely that he's not as unpredictable though still is as what I mm. thought is that there's a there's a bit of a, a bit of bit of evenness for want of a better word there. I'll be he can be a little bit I just think the price tag's been chosen Phil. Well interesting I was just gonna mention the price tag. I mean I was you know Cumin and Steve Walsh together went, mm. let's go and sign him. So I think ma- the majority of us, despite maybe our natural reservations of only seeing him from a distance, went, all right, well, he's clearly got something if these two think he's good mm. enough. So we went, okay. I still felt the money was quite was quite high and obviously the market inflates, yeah. etc. We've discussed this. But then as you mentioned, Gav, you can play on either wing yeah. Yeah. and be effective on either wing. Well, that's worth its weight in gold because yeah. it allowed on, on Monday night. Yeah. They managed to go, Yannick, you're now going to play on the left because Jerry can't play on the left. Mm-hmm. He's a right footer, has to play on the right, but I want to bring him on. Imagine we didn't have that option. What Are we then just shifting the problem from one exactly. side to the other? You're trying to throw Lennon over there, aren't you, or something like that. I think Blassi, for me, has been absolutely fantastic since he signed for us. West Brom away, he, a couple of three balls he oh. played for Rom. There yeah. was two or three. The game should have been put to bed. Again, on Monday night... Two or three fantastic crosses. We should have bladdered Sunderland about five or six. So the games I've seen, and Everton should have coasted the games, but they have won them. But I think he's been absolutely brilliant, Balassi. I think the other thing Ronald said, I think when he bought him, he says he can play down the middle mm. a little bit as well, can't he? And that's where your two footed it helps. And I, I thought with Delafair coming on playing well and Ron getting a hat trick, and is this a guy we will obviously talk about? His sort of performance got sort of overshadowed a mm. little bit, but I thought he was. Uh, he was, he was excellent. As we touched on, sorry, we touched on in Balassi when he signed for Everton. We, I think we all were in agreement that he'd be more effective away from home, yeah. and it's shown. Yeah. At Goodison, he didn't really didn't do, have quite the impact. Did he didn't he? have quite the impact against Stoke, but West Bromwich Albion and Sunderland, he's been absolutely brilliant, and that will suit the way Everton play. They can just leave him on the halfway line, that's throw the ball over the top, and it's curtains. Yeah, that's going to be interesting, and, and moving the conversation, looking ahead a bit more, and moving to Saturday, whether whether Borough double up. On Yannick, like a little bit Stoke were very sort of disciplined in trying to block his, his path, didn't he? I know mm. Stoke, he was switching wings in the same half and stuff. And I just wonder whether Aitor Karanka, as a defender himself, will see that and, and, and decide that's the, the best course of action. Or if, Tony, you get your way and Ross doesn't play and maybe Delefeu starts, is he second-guessing himself? Because he goes, well, if I double up on one wing... The other wing is going to be exactly. I think it, I think Jerry's got to start on Saturday. I just think it'll stretch the game more to Everton's advantage. I think if Ross plays, it'll become compact and narrow, and that will suit Middlesbrough down to a ground that they they don't want the game to be stretched. They don't want Delafeu and Balassi running at them and Morales and Lukaku. They'll want a Ross who, for me, I'm not not denying Ross's ability, but as I agree with Ratty, he's he's slowing the game down for me, and, and until he gets that confidence back where he can sharpen it up, I think it'll suit. Jerry and um, Balassi playing on the wing, so for me, Jerry's got to start. Yeah, I was say, say about that. I was just wondering about Rom's performance on <clears throat> on Monday. Um, hat trick, eleven minutes. Um, I was banging you stats every. Day. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't keep <laughs> so, up. Yeah. What do you think? He's had a bit of bad press, you know. Obviously, before Monday, do you think that sort of Getting back in the good books with Everton supporters, or was he in the bad books in the first place? How do you think that? I, I that think fits? for any, ever, any Evertonian that watched the, the full ninety, the majority will have whether they've been there or watched it on the TV, will be very wise to the to, to the knowledge and, and and be fully aware that for forty five minutes he wasn't very good at all. He looked like the rom that we the hate to see. Yeah. yeah, he looked ponderous. He wasn't sharp. He was, you know, he's shrugging his shoulders a little bit, arms up, you know, 
and you're like, this is going to be a long evening. But then the second 45, he, he strikes me as somebody that feeds off the energy of the rest of the players. And when the manager brought on another winger, and he clearly given the players a bit of a rollicking, he said, we're going to play with pace. I think Rom comes alive. I think... You know, he would go back to the second season to Martinez, and there was that period, was it, was it before the West Ham game, where he said the players have had a discussion and, and you know been told to send it long to me more often and quicker. I think this, I think that, you know, as I say, methodical pass, 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 slow build up, didn't suit do, do, and, and still doesn't because no. his first touch is still erratic, and I think if we're playing with width wingers crosses into the box, the ball's in front of him to get on the end of. It's when he becomes a striker who you say, actually, he is worth 60 million maybe, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, there was a couple of people I thought rather unfairly on Tuesday saying, oh, the goals are given to him on a plate. But you've got to, you've got to go and get in yeah, those yeah, positions, definitely. haven't you? I mean, the third goal, it was a great team goal, wasn't it? The passion mm-hmm. for the yeah, third yeah. goal, to be fair. And it was, it was a good finish. Uh, and I took a lot of encouragement. I, I don't know whether it was me, but he seemed to want the ball... Interfere with his back to goal in and out of the penalty area a little bit more on, mm. on Monday night. Didn't necessarily work out, as you say, fell down with a couple of bad touches. Whether that's something that. Michael Ball's column this week touched on that. And he said, he, he picked up on that and well, as well and said, he now needs to learn when to do that because he said there was occasions when, yes, he would do it on the edge of the box or in the area, that's the perfect place. But he was also doing it near the halfway line. He said, you've got to pick and choose the moments when you pin. Yeah, the strength, the centre half, and, and try and use your body and stuff. In those situations, when he comes deep, you almost just wanted to lay it off and spin immediately, and and let them build play rather than holding on. And I think going on to Saturday as well, he, he Daniel Ayala's going to be marking him, isn't he? And he's he's got to be taking him the cleanest. Surely he's he, he's on form, and I I think he's an absolute shoe in to score. But more importantly, I think the difference is is that it's the options he's got behind him. It helps. I don't want to hard back to back Barkley decision, but. When Delafeu starts, it, it'll stretch the game. It'll only help Rom if Barkley plays. Yeah. I just think you're, you're going back to square one again and it could end up in a bit of a damp atmosphere. So I don't well, want is, that. Is it a toss-up then for the 10 position between Barkley and Morales? Yeah, I, I, well, I think Morales has got to play in that position. And then you've got Delafeu and Balassi on either wing. And who, which full-backs and which centre-arts would want to play against them four flying at you? Mm. You wouldn't want to do it in a million years. So and I just think... Ross, for me, needs to go get into training, get his fitness back to to where it used to be, and then he can see he can he'll learn from being sub. He's never had this has hasn't happened to him in his in his career, has it? He's probably been more or less assuring. I think that, I think probably the last time he was hooked in that kind of nature will have been when he was a young lad and Moyes played him against Blackburn. But I, mean, I think yeah. he gave a penalty away, didn't he? Yeah. Blackburn away. I think everybody gave a penalty away. <laughs> 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 yeah, I think that being interesting. Uh, I can see, I can see that working. To be honest with you, play so you end up playing on Saturday with the way we finished the game on, yeah. on Monday. I think it sends yeah. the right message out as well, Gav. Yeah, it does. I understand what you're yeah, saying about yeah, Barkley yeah. and that. I said, but by playing him, but more impressively for me, I think Everton's defence, and I need to mention him, since you've got a solid back four now on Stecklenburg, Baines, Coleman, Jagielka, Williams. For me, them four are shoo-ins every single week. Well, the, t- as solid as any. the telling stat, government might correct me on this one, I think the TV picked up on it. I think they said the back four, I'm not sure if they included Stecklenburg and, and, and made it a five, but I'm sure they said the back four between them had around a 1,000 Premier League games experience. Yeah. Now, for me, that, that jumped out and I went, 
That's how it should be. Surely yeah. that's how it should be. No, what I've liked more importantly than anything, they stopped the crosses more than more, more than what I've seen under the previous manager and before. The stopping crosses before that attack happens. They're in the attacker's defence. Straight away, it's, it's great to see. Yeah, it is. I've got one question though. It's linked with the Barty thing. You said before about messages being given out and stuff like that. Mm. Hargate have played well Sorry, for a few yeah. games. I well, actually played extremely well. In I think there's positions. a difference between a youngster, isn't he, Gav? Well, okay. And You said last year when Galloway was dropped yeah. for Leighton, wasn't it? Yes. And the question was asked, what message does that give to young players if they're dropped after it? A couple of games when he plays well, and he play comes in, and I think what we said was, well, the message is, is actually got up your teammates if you mm, want yeah. to stay in. And so, do you think, do you think that was the right decision in the, that context to to play Coleman on Monday? It must have been a tough decision for Coleman, mm. that's surely because I think for the first time in his career, Seamus Coleman has got his shirt isn't guaranteed, yeah. and he, he needs that. And we've seen over the past two or three seasons, he's never had that before at Everton. Now he's got a competition for his shirt, and yeah. it's only going to bring the best out in Seamus because, he, he, as, as just touched, he's never had that before, and that's whatever it needs in all in all positions. And and going back to Phil's point, does that like show Ronald's like sort of ethos? He wants an experienced back four, be back four of you know. It's, inter- it's interesting. It's interesting the shift in perception because I was used to saying that then. I'm thinking to myself at the time when Bainesy was brought in for Galloway. I, I'm sure I felt. I felt sorry for Brendan. I thought maybe, you know, Bainesy was still coming back from an injury. We could have kept him in. And I felt, I wasn't sure if I fully agreed with the decision. But then on, on Monday, I didn't question it. Mm. I, didn't, I didn't go, nah, that's wrong. Why has he done that? But without got reception, you know, if Mar- Martinez being ruthless didn't really sit well with everybody, no. but Cumin being ruthless is, yeah, that's exactly the right thing to do. Yeah. I, I think because since Cumin's come in, he's been ruthless in. In a few good decisions, Andy, that yeah. he's done from from the top to the bottom, really. When Roberto, he didn't seem to do it consistently, exactly yeah. through a yeah. length of time. Just the humans come in, bang, bang, bang. That's what's happening. If you don't like it, there's the door. Yeah. Simple as that. Way, I don't think I don't think Martinez was ruthless enough. Yeah, yeah, I think you can do that when you first come in at the two club, though, can't you? When you're at the club and you work with players and you know them, it's a it's a bit more of a difficult conversation. Do think Do you think humans all about him? Yeah, sends that message out to the players. Absolutely. I don't think Roberto had that. I, I, I think, I think there's a key, key thing, isn't it, with Cumin? I've, I've been trying to quantify this in my own mind about, and I think why I think he, he's good for us is I think everybody's come to Everton that I've known as a player or a manager. For most of them, but virtually all of them, it's been like a step up, hasn't it? Mm. You know, in terms of like yeah. where the club they come from, either as a player or as a manager. Yeah. So. So they've had to sort of prove themselves yeah. to, the, to the, the supporters, to the players, mm. you know, and, and no better way of doing that than sort of ingratiating yourself with the club, the School of Science yeah. and the People's Club and trying to make yourself an Evertonian. But, but Ronald is coming from a completely different direction to virtually mm. everybody if else. Anything has come he's come down. He's come he? down, that's yeah. it. I've come for a Barcelona, I've been at Ajax. So I, I don't need to sort of immerse myself within the club. I can, mm. I wouldn't say sit outside of it, but I can be a bit more detached perhaps than, than, and than almost my, create a, an impact of my own that people but, in, yeah. in the future will talk about. Yeah, and whether he, I think I so I think he's on. I won't say he's on the outside looking in because, of, but I think he, he's looking at it in a far more 
clinical way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, then, it's like he's parachuting. Yeah, in. yeah. yeah. Para- you know, he'll, mm. he'll, yeah. He'll then others who've had to, who've had to come in. At, like Moyes came in as a young, relatively young man. So the Martinez, to be mm. fair, Rick Human, seen it all, done it all as mm. a player and a manager. And I think, and as I say, in many ways, it's a step down. So he can, be, he can afford. You can afford to be ruthless and clever. Yeah. You just have, I'm not a human. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. that, that's it. Yeah. You know. I agree. Um, yeah, and I think that that's. I think that's really good for us at the moment mm. because the yeah. way we're going with Machiri coming in a bit more money for. I think that's a really good thing to have that mm. to have that ruthlessness. Going back to Sati Phil yeah. in Middlesbrough at home, for me, I, th- I think this is the game which probably more pressure on Everton yeah. than what the games that I've seen this season. You're thinking yeah. we had Tottenham our own first game of the season, which could have been either way. Bukies were predicting Tottenham win didn't happen and then we had our away games at West Brom and Sunderland they could have went either way but obviously the Stoke game we, we won mm. this is a different kettle of fish isn't it the pressure is now on Everton yeah. everyone in the Premier League expects Everton to win yeah. so the different kinds of pressure isn't yeah, it yeah it's going to be an interesting game I was speaking to um, a colleague up in uh, the Teesside Gazette and I said, to, I said to him well how do you expect Middlesbrough to come and play you know they have this kind of perception that they they won't abandon their philosophies and they play football and stuff and he said well he's fully expecting Millsborough to sit in and hit Everton on the counter attack so alarm bells ringing but then because you're thinking oh you know we've yeah. had this before oh, yeah. but then you think well different era different players and it is you're right I think it'd be a finely balanced game because I think if if we're in that situation where it might be level might be nil nil going into the second half if Middlesbrough have managed to defend well even if they nick a goal, you know, I think this is going to be the the, the sternest test we've had actually so far. Yeah. I'm really intrigued. I think, you know, it goes without saying, I think Idrissa Gay is going to be vital because he's the, going to be the screen, the insurance policy if Middlesbrough are going to counter-attack. And obviously, you know, um, much vaunted attack are going to have to produce, aren't they? Yeah. In what could be tight surroundings. Gav, you look at Everton's team, you look at Middlesbrough's team, surely home win banker? Um on the spot there, hasn't it? Yeah, it um, should be, shouldn't it? it should Regardless be. of the pressure I've just explained to Phil at Saturday night, it's on the telly, everyone's going to be watching, big pressure on Everton, but man yeah. for man, Everton are better than Middlesbrough, it, it yeah. should be a foregone cut. Confidence, isn't it? Yeah. Confidence, that's the thing, and not, not, nothing better breeds confidence than wins, does it? Yeah. Uh, you mentioned the Drissa Gay there, I think, as we did mention him from Monday, yeah. we don't really have to say no. much, he thought no. he was sensational. Couldn't believe he only got an 8 on 10 in the Echo, man. I know, did he? Yeah, yeah, he did, yeah. 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 Please. Oh, Chris Beasley, yeah. hard yeah. man to please. Yeah. He's for the keeper, he's Give him great performance. I was given. I said she was a given man of the match. Imagine imagine what a 10 out of 10 performance oh, yeah. I thought yeah. it was just a DJ of man of the match. You know you know what, he, and I know we're sort of going back on to what we said before, I think there was a good stats about he made 102 passes, didn't he? Yeah. More than any He only had 120 odd touches, so yeah. I don't know what that means. Like, virtually every pass he made was like a first time yeah. pass. He made more the, passes the, the than Yellowbitch of midfield. Yeah. 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 I think he made, there was a stat that came about that he made more passes than the whole of Sunderland's midfield, the yeah. five of them put yeah, together, that, yeah. which is frightening. I think he's been absolutely brilliant. He, I think when we signed him, when we first seen him against Porto, it was, it was Espanyol, sorry, Espanol. first game in the pre-season, and he was brilliant there, and you could just see he was exactly what Everton wanted. Impressively for me is that he's not just a defensive midfielder. Offensively, he's outstanding. You've seen him for the first goal, for the header. He, you've seen where he picked that ball up. He, I think it comes from a Sunderland corner. Jerry broke. Yeah, yeah, and Jerry broke, and then you're seeing it just a guy, if you look from an aerial point of view, it's just a guy was basically in his own own penalty area, and he sprints and burst the gut, 
eventually won the ball and crossed him for Rom and he's brilliant and he's exactly what Gareth Barry's needed. But where that sends James McCarthy, I do not know. Well, yeah, it's, it's, it's well, that's a whole podcast in itself, yeah. isn't it, really? But do you think is this a guy play a slightly different role then at home than what he does away? Do you think that would be asked to get into the in and out the opposition? Well, I think because you, I think because you're from four, are so good. You've got Morales, De La Feu, Balassi, yeah. Lukaku. Is the an agency to to do that? I think you can. I think I, you can happily with Barry and the guy. I I, I would. It was one of the criticisms we had to James, wasn't it? Was that he didn't didn't do enough in and mm. around the opposition box and the thing. Just a guy's got maybe he's a little bit a little bit better in that regard. He's a little bit um, cuter on the ball. Yeah, isn't yeah. It? he doesn't uh, waste many passes, does he? Just um, a guy. Whether like, that gives us a bit more of a better option at home. Um, and the other thing as well is, I noticed this on in the first half, especially on Monday, is do our fullbacks get us? Up the pitch is what they maybe should sometimes. You think? I don't think Mark Cumin has that. No, no, I think that's just Cumin style. He, he says he wants offensive fullbacks though, and I and I looked at the first half, and, and as much as you know, I think Morales needed to really attack Mankiel, but and I don't know whether this is a byproduct of him not doing it, but I was expecting to see Bainesy pushing him mm. and trying to force the issue on that side. It didn't really happen, but in the end, it didn't really need to, did he, in the second half? I think the I think the full-backs what Ronald Koeman has, they're not going to go beyond the winger when Roberto Martin is yeah. I, I can't see Seamus Colmer or Leighton Baines overlapping Balassi. I, yeah. I think them days are well over now. I think they'll be half-decent offensively for a certain extent, and Just, if they have to defend, listen... Defend. Do you think that they're, when we have the ball and say, as you say, they won't overlap, but what they will do is well, they, they bring they the press. line up yeah. because yeah. it's all about pressing. And, and I noticed that it, uh, there was a few elements in pre-season. Oh, Shame seemed to do it quite well, winning the ball back in their half. Yeah. I think that might be a facet of, of Everton's play that we'll, we'll slowly start to see. But we've talked about dropping, selecting one player, but one player, the manager has confirmed to us today that will start... And we'll make his six hundredth Premier League appearance. It's Gareth Barry. I mean, are we all in awe of this man because it's just an absolutely sensational achievement? Yeah, well, I'm in awe of it. Um, what I have him in awe of, I get this right eventually, is good fair season, slid in the second season, but that he came back last year mm. in a poor team yeah. to be the best player. Played he's the carried, year. He's carried, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. carried on that form into into this year. And I mentioned it before about talking about like positional sense and decision making. Is Gareth's got that, and I don't think that's down to his age. He's just got it, mm. and the fact that he's got it has allowed him to play so long. You know what is he thirty five, thirty six next birthday, something like that. Yeah. And I think he's always had it, and I'm, I'm hugely impressed. And reading some of the stuff this week, you know, you see how highly regarded yeah. he's been in all the you know the clubs he's been previously, Villa and, and Manchester City. And um, it must be one of our best uh, best deals I've seen certainly in the Premier League here for us. And and uh, congratulations to the lads. I, I totally agree with Gav. I think uh, when we did sign him, I had there's words on a plate here. I I just didn't want. <laughs> Honestly, I just think he was. Every time, like I think pie. he was. He was one of them players where if you see him for the opposition, he wouldn't stand out. He was, what's he all about? He's just sitting there in front of the back four doing nothing. He didn't. But when he plays for you, you you, you understand he's one of them players. Yeah, I think he, what he's needed is what's brought him up a notch is the Adjusta guy sign. I'm not going to go back to him, but the difference is, is that Adjusta guy will move the ball forward more frequently than what James will. James will go back with it and it'll sort of like kill Gareth Barry to a certain extent. Barry's been absolutely brilliant for Evan and he's only got, did I say, he'll get better with Adjusta next to him. 
not with James. I think um, Barry deserves all the accolades that he deserves. He's been absolutely brilliant for Everton. And, it is, and I've written it before, and it's, it is worth mentioning, as much as the previous manager had his faults, and obviously history will not look at him favourably in an Everton sense, he did bring Gareth to the club, and I think it was a terrific best signing for me. It was on loan at first, wasn't yeah, it? And then we yeah, eventually bought, bought yeah, him for, yeah, for yeah. a nominal fee. You look at it now, and it's, it's, it's an absolute absolute steal. It is, isn't it? It is. It's yeah. a steal. So. And I think Manchester City fans on social media that I follow, and they 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 still idolise him, absolutely idolise him. They did. They, they, I think when they beat Manchester United last week, they said they would have loved to have seen Gareth Barry in there as yeah. well, loved to have played. They, they love him. Yeah, I think the good thing you mentioned about the partnership with this guy is there's another good partnership behind them now, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Williams and Jag. So that that area, it's in fine. front of the penalty area, you know, like the sort mm-hmm. of the, between the our, pen, our penalty area and the opposition and the, well, the halfway line, that area, we've really tightened up, which is yeah. a house an area weakness for us in the last couple of years. We've got two really good partnerships there going, haven't we? Between um, you know the two sets of players, and you know it's noticeable that Ashley Williams is an international class defender, so he's playing like an international mm. class defender. But I'm also thinking as well that Jags looks a far better player because of it. Because if you think about it, yeah. last few years he's had to carry the weight of the captaincy, and also like he's had like players laying in the trade, yeah, mm, playing with them either Funes Mori, yeah. Oh, uh, John Stones. He's not having yeah. to take Ashley Williams under his wing. No, 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 no. And then you could argue after his experience that he sort of he can teach fell a few things maybe. But and I think that's a real. I think that's sort of gone under the radar. We've not conceded. Do you think it's frightening that these, as you've just touched on, guys, you got Guy and Barry sitting in the front of Williams and Jack Gilliger. They've only played four games together, and yeah. you see, it, it looks as if they yeah. play four hundred games yeah. together. I mean. Th- Dare I say, you know, the glass is not half empty here. You know, we've not exactly played top class opposition. No, yeah, like, okay, that was the first game. Fair enough, yeah, we were solid there, but only seventy percent fit, remember? Yeah, seventy yeah. percent fit, yeah. That's a yeah, that's a moot point in it. But <laughs> so we'll have a far better view of the yes. Wales, won't we? I think we go to City, is it? Fifteenth of October. Fifteenth of October. So I think by the by the time we get to the end of October we'll have a better view of the way we're going. But you've got two international Centre halves there yeah. with two, you know, class or top class hold midfielders ever in front of them. So that's you've a, got that's two international start. fullbacks, yeah, 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 and absolutely. you've got Coleman as well, which is only helping. Champions League and get on. Well, it's been uh, hugely interesting 37 38 minutes. I hope you enjoyed it. But before we go, it's prediction time. Gav, your prediction for Everton Football Club versus Middlesbrough right. Saturday, 5.30. Here we go. I've been waiting for this one all. <laughs> if we win on Saturday, there'll be four wins and a draw in our first five league games and that hasn't happened since 1978-79. Okay? And our fifth game there of that run, who were our opponents with Goodison? Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough. Love yeah. it, Gav. Love uh, it. We won 2-0. So I'm going 2-0. Love that. Toe? I think Everton will win but it, it won't be it won't be a demolition job. They should do, but I, I can't see it. I think Middlesbrough looks a counter, as, as you mate just said. Um, I think they'll win 2-1, two, two or maybe even 3-2. But interestingly, to touch on Ronald Koeman's comments after the match, were refreshing to see. He boldly predicted European football for Everton, and I like that. It were a manager that came in and he said, oh, we'll just see how each game plays out and see where we get to Christmas, see our 40 points. He's seen the squad, he's seen the ability he's got. And he's nailed a few European football, so yeah, I totally, I'm totally with that. European football, yeah. What two? I think two one Everton. 
I think I agree with Gav. I think we'll keep another clean sheet. I think it'll be another functional performance. I think we'll have to we'll have to grind it out. I think we'll have to be patient, but I think it'll come. And I don't think Middlesbrough will lay a glove on us. So I'm going two 0 Hopefully, we're all right. Three points and uh, this wonderful stat that Gav has placed <laughs> given us for us comes to fruition. So thank you very much for listening and uh, tune in next week for uh, another podcast.